caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown, Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out. And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven. And he wins. Welcome to Titans Beat on the Say It Again Network. Alongside Anna Lewis, I am Joe Lemming, and we are here after another Titans win as the Titans take down divisional foe, the Jacksonville Jaguars, at a score of 31-10. to 10. How are you doing this evening, Anna? I'm good. How are you, Joe? Doing great. So Derek Henry finally broke his curse of not rushing for 100 yards in Jacksonville this week as he completely ran over them in the routing with 215 yards on 26 carries and really could have been a whole lot more if he would have kept playing through the fourth quarter. Super fun to see. A lot of momentum building up in a crucial stretch of the season. What what did you think about that game? Yeah, I mean, I, I said last week we needed to have a boring football game to secure that win. And I just mean boring as far as, you know, we've gotten spoiled by quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and his receiving core and all the crazy things they can do from an offensive perspective. That's not what we do. We run the ball, pound the rock. That's just, it's what we do. And that's how we win. So it wasn't a, a showman's, you know, spectacle or anything like that, but it was a fun game to watch. It was fun to see us be physical. Um, I realized that, you know, Jacksonville doesn't have the best offense, but our defense came and played, and that's all we can ask them to do. And Derrick Henry absolutely had a phenomenal game. Yeah, and it was really great to see. You know, I expected this to be a high-scoring game on both ends. I did not expect us to only let up 10 points. But yeah. the defense is continuing to gel better and better every single week. And, you know, until Gardner Minshew went in and it was garbage time, I mean, they shut him down. They, the defense yeah. played great. Malcolm Butler seems to be getting better every single week. And you're, you saw a lot of pressure, although the sacks weren't there. You know, things are getting better. And you're not really seeing that super cushion coverage as much anymore either. Yeah, it's like they, they figured it out. Like, maybe they listened to our show and heard us rant about it enough. They're like, okay, <laughs> let's get it together. And one person I wanted to make sure that I gave specific credit to as well because everyone thinks I hate him, is Ryan Tannehill. He had a great game. We had a great game of complimentary football on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Um, so it's good to see the team gel. But you're absolutely right. Watching the defense shut down Jacksonville until it got to garbage time, it was fun. And, hey, I know you were there. What was that atmosphere like? Oh, it was pitiful. It was absolutely pitiful. <laughs> I mean, the most excited fans got and the loudest the, fact the Jacksonville fans got was when they started to cheer, to chant, to put in Minshew right before halftime. And oh, that place, no. that place erupted. Oh, yeah, it was bad. They were tra- chanting, we want Minshew going into halftime. And they erupted whenever uh, he got put in the game. I could only imagine how Mike Glennon felt. Like, that has to be miserable. And on the, the next drive that, after they chanted that for the first time, Mike Glennon went in, and I yelled, don't throw a pick. And then, lo and behold... On the first pass of that drive, he threw, uh, Malcolm Butler got his interception. I was like, oh, he's done. His day is done. That's awesome. And I know there were some other uh, extracurricular activity, activity happening while you were there. You want to you wanna share with the class, Joe? 
So I just have to go out and say that this is my second trip to Jacksonville, and it has by far been the most garbage stadium I've been to in my life. And that's from their staff to their fans to the stadium itself. Everything in Jacksonville is trash, including their football team. But so to just it, it set the tone off right. As soon as I was walking into the game, I had one of my little flags for, that the Titans gave away against the Colts. They made me throw away the stick to my flag which really pissed me off. And then in the fourth quarter, we're up like 31 to 7 or 31 to 3, whatever it was. And we've got our backups in. Jeremy McNichols is pretty much the only running back in at that point. And this dude sitting behind me just starts cussing out our players, calling them trash and just so much shit. I was like, I turned around. I was like, bro, are you, you, you serious? And we just started going back and forth. He started talking shit about my dad. And so I tell him, let, let, let's step outside. Let, let's, go, let's go settle this out in Lot J. And he's like, all right, let, let, let's go, let's go. And they wound up calling security over there, and we just kept going back and forth and whatever. He was saying some stupid shit. And then I, I was fully prepared to, when the game ended to go outside and whoop this dude's ass. And he had the audacity to call me a pussy and left the game early without saying anything before he left. I was like, "Wow, that's amazing!" But, yeah, I, it, I, it's it's a true you, Jacksonville you a, fan. You have a one-win <laughs> football team. You're getting blown out by three scores in the fourth quarter, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, and one thing that I saw as I'm watching that game is like when they finally did put Minshew in. You just have to sit t- say to yourself, like, they really are trying to lose as many games as possible because it was a completely different football team when Minshew got put in. No no disrespect to Mike Glennon. It just wasn't working for him that day. But Gardner Minshew is kind of – he's the guy I would go with nine times out of ten. Um, so not starting him, especially against a divisional opponent, that screams to me, we want to lose and we are tanking to get a top draft pick. But with the way Jacksonville is – They'll probably get somebody great and not do anything with them. And then we'll we'll still get to reign over the AFC South, and I love it. So I, I, I hate to admit this, but I've admitted it more times than not. I love Gardner Minshew. Oh, my God, a, no. Being a gambling degenerate, I got to watch Gardner Minshew at Washington State at the, the 10 o'clock football game on Saturday night every single week. And he was a beast. And he brought, like, just this swagger to the game with his mullet and his porn star stash. And you just wanted to watch him. You wanted the dude to win. And when the Jaguars drafted him, I was like, man, now I got to hate him. And he's going to be good. And they don't want him to be good. He is a good quarterback. He's in a terrible system. And they won football games with him. But, you know, hopefully he'll get a, a fresh start somewhere else. Because he can be a good quarterback. If he's in the right system, he will be a good quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, I don't know. I just, I go back and forth. And I, I know Kyle from, if Kyle, if you're listening, I'm shouting you out right now. Kyle from our network is a Chiefs fan. And he always gets on me because I don't like Frank Clark. And I love Jeffrey Simmons. And he thinks that their style of intimidation and things like that are similar. And I don't. Because Jeffrey Simmons talks shit after he beat your ass. Frank Clark talks shit before. And sometimes he doesn't follow through. So I don't love the attitude players unless they can absolutely back it up 100% of the time. If Patrick Mahomes wants to go out there and have an attitude, I don't care because that dude's going to light you up no matter what. 
Um, I don't feel that way about Gardner Minshew. So. No, I, I don't think he's cocky. I think he just has a, a winning swagger. Like, he didn't know what losing was till he went to Jacksonville. But speaking of quarterbacks anyway, I know you already gave a little bit of props to, to Ryan Tannehill. But I do have to throw it out there. He set the tone for the game on that first drive, on that, that flea flicker to A.J. Brown, which was an amazing catch. That was in my end zone. I was front row, and it was awesome. That's I, awesome. That, that was such a great play. But Ryan Tannehill, 212 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He managed the game well, if you want to call him a game manager. But he's playing great football. Yeah, but, he's playing solid football. I couldn't ask for more. Because our I, we don't have to do this again this week. But our offense hinges on a really great running game. That's kind of been the Titans identity forever is to usually have a rock solid defense, which we are not seeing so much of this year. Um, And then seeing an all-star running back with a substantial quarterback. He's there enough. And that's, that's just kind of what we do. That's what we've done for 20 years. So um, he's doing what he needs to do. You know, I, I guess you could say he's earning that paycheck. It's, I had a hard time swallowing that pill. I still am, but you know, I, I enjoyed watching his game, and I thought that Flea Flicker, Pat, that was so fun. Like, it, it just seemed like they were finally having fun again, and I feel like they do that more with Tannehill than they have with any quarterback we've seen them with in the last several years. So it, it's been fun to watch this team. So another key factor, of course, to this game was Derrick Henry. He put up 215 yards. I'm sorry. Yeah, 215 yards, two touchdowns. Yep. He now has 1,532 yards on the season, which puts him only needing 156 yards per game to reach 2,000 yards. Can he do it? To end the season, we've got Detroit, which if this game plan goes out the way it should, we should be running the ball a lot this week. And then you've got Green Bay, whose rush defense seems to be a little overinflated because of their schedule recently, but throughout most of the season, they've not been the best stop in the run. And then we close out the season in Houston, who Derrick Henry has had two games of over 200 yards against in his career, one being actually the last two meetings he put up over 200 yards. So you got to think, if he goes over 200 against Houston or Detroit, that puts him well ahead pace and – then he might be in the conversation for MVP. The last running think, back to win it was Adrian Peterson in 2012 when he hit the 2,000-yard club. I just think regardless of if he hits 2,000 or not, he deserves to be in the conversation. I understand that not hitting 2,000 would put him lower in the conversation, but what he's done this year has been incredible. And I don't – people are going to hate me for this. I don't know that he hits that number – because we're in a position to where if you know there's a couple of things that happen on Sunday, we're already in the playoffs. So why would they want to potentially hurt him just to pad his stats? Um, and I, I don't know that they will. You know, so that that's where it kind of teeters. It's like, can, can he do it if he's in? Absolutely. But are they going to have him in through the end of the Houston game and potentially let him get hurt? I don't think so. So I'd love to see it. I think he deserves to be in the conversation no matter what, as a Titans fan or not. Um, I've seen a lot of people that are not Titans fans and are actually anti-Titans 100%, so that he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation because MVP, like most valuable player, when you're looking at teams 
and which players you could not remove from their roster 100%. You see someone like Patrick Mahomes, you see Aaron Rodgers, and to me, you see Derrick Henry. If you remove him from our roster, we are not the same football team at all. Um, so that's that's what that award means to me. I realize it's a quarterback award, but he's had the same impact that a quarterback would have on a team um, this year. It, it's two years in a row. I mean, he's just incredible. He's incredible to watch. So I've heard a bunch of people say the same thing that you just said. Is he going to be in? Is he going to be making the number of attempts he needs to to hit 2,000 yards down the stretch? And although two out of our last three games are what should be easy games, all three of these games are going to be must wins. Because yeah. if you look, right now we're deadlocked with the Colts at 9-4. and four. The Colts finished the season against the Texans who are struggling, who we have to play. The Steelers, who currently are trying to keep the wheels on the wagon from falling off. <laughs> and then the Jaguars. So, yeah, you got to think, if we win two out of our last three, and the Colts find a way to win three out of three, which they are fully capable of doing, you don't win the division. And you go yeah. five and one in the division and don't win. Do you know how badly that would sting in that locker room? Because there's so many guys in that locker room that have still played through many bad years of football where all they said is, okay, win in the division, and you're going to win the division. Well, they're winning in the division. The last yeah. thing they want to do is lose the division crown. They control their destiny right now, and the way that they do that is by winning the last three. So you're going to see Derrick Henry. You're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry going in these last three weeks because they want – that division crown. No, I think you absolutely see him. I just don't think you see him in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Right. But you also, the only game where I think that you're not going to see him in the fourth quarter is this week. Is Houston? Against the Lions. No. No? Unless Houston's not playing their guys, they're going to be playing Deshaun Watson. Regardless, he can put up points depending on which defense shows up. It might be a shootout to the end. You might see him all four quarters, depending on what team shows up. So yeah, and of I course just, against I don't the, want uh, to. You know, you don't. Know, like, I don't even. I don't want to risk that. Because how bad? And I don't want to. I'm knocking on wood right now. How bad would it suck if we say we beat Detroit? Say we lose to the Packers and we have to win against the Texans. So we get to the fourth quarter. It's locked up. And we have to have Derrick Henry, and then something happens where he's not 100%. Maybe not hurt, but not 100%. Then we have to go into playoffs. I'm essentially a wild card game at that point. It's just, there's so much more that goes into coaching than just win the game. You have to think, especially this end of the season, you have to think about preserve my, preserve my guys. And I think Derrick Henry is one of the easiest players to preserve because he's an absolute monster. And, I mean, he destroys people in the winter. So I I know in my heart he will be fine. But the uh, the anxious former coach in me is going, oh, my God, we have to save him. We have to save him for some of it. Um, but, I mean, he, I think we'll see him more than what I'm comfortable with. But I don't think we'll see him enough to get 2,000 yards. It's all going to come down to what other teams are doing, the Colts. Yeah. And, because if we have our playoff spot locked up come week 17 – and we don't have a chance to get the division, or we've already locked in the division, you're not going to see anybody. You're, you're not going to see Tannehill. You're not going to see Henry. So it, it's just going to come down to what everybody else in the league is going to do. I don't see the Colts 
dropping two out of the last three. So I think the division, once again, is going to come down to the last week of the season, and we'll, we'll just see how the script goes from there. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, he, he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. But I personally just think for him to win it, he's got to hit 2,000 yards. Yep. Yep, I absolutely agree. Um, so let's talk about the other people that are in that conversation for MVP because obviously, you know, we want Derrick Henry to take that. What do you think has to happen across the league for him to have a chance outside of him hitting 2,000 yards? Outside of him hitting 2,000 yards, if you, you're going to have to see some really good guys start to fall off. Now, you've got people like, Russell Wilson getting mentioned in MVP right now just because of, I think, his name. I don't think Russell Wilson, just because of his horrible stretch he's had this season, don't think he deserves to be in the conversation anymore. You've got Josh Allen, who's been up and down, but he's playing elite football right now. He's back in the conversation. And then you've got the two front runners. You've got Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have to see a pretty significant drop-off, I think. I know Patrick Mahomes threw, what, three interceptions last week? I think you're going to have to see a couple more multi-interception games from Mahomes for them to kind of ease off the talking with him. But those are two guys that no matter what they do, they're going to be in the conversation at the, you know, at the end of the regular yeah. season. So that's yeah, why I, I think it's going to come down more to what Henry does. What he can do. Yep. Um, one thing I would love to see, and I know kind of tonight, since we didn't have a super exciting game to review or a super exciting game to preview, we want to talk about the stretch that we have the last three games. Um, I think that Packers game is going to be fun. And the reason I say that is because Malcolm Butler, you mentioned it earlier, he has been playing lockdown defense. Um, he has been shadowing, you know, wide receiver ones on every team and just absolutely killing it. And I think he's going to do it again against Green Bay. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a very, very talented quarterback and he can place the ball, place the ball very well. Um, but I think you see Malcolm Butler have a great game against him. And this Titans defense could potentially help if they can shut Aaron Rodgers down a little bit. They can help Derrick Henry get a little bit closer to that race as well. Um, so I, I think that'll be a good telling game of, of who can win the, the MVP there. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is always in the conversation because he deserves to be there. And I think everyone can agree to that. Um, but I think that Green Bay-Tennessee game helps decide at least you know, who's in contention against Mahomes. And um, the the Tennessee defense can potentially help Derrick Henry out in that. And I'd love to see it. Uh, it's, you know, they've been a talking point all year um, as how, you know, how bad they suck. And it would be really cool to see them step up against a, a really good quarterback and really get some stuff done. So I'm looking forward to that game. If the Tennessee Titans want to win a Super Bowl this year, they need the confidence of beating the Packers. Because more than likely to get to the Super Bowl, you're going through Kansas City. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's the team to beat. They're first in the league in total offense by a long stretch. And the best test you have in an offense that potent is Green Bay. Yeah. So I, I really, really, really want to see a Dory Jackson and Christian Fulton back this week against the Lions to get a little bit of rust off before we go into Green Bay so they can get full speed game action going into the playoffs. Yeah. Cause that, that's, yeah, that's when you're going to know what you've got. That's when you're going to know what your secondary can hold up against is when they go up against Aaron Rodgers. Devonte Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in the league. 
up there with Julio and DeAndre Hopkins. He's he's up there. He makes plays. He does. Malcolm Butler's not going to be able to do it on his own. There's no. too many options on that team for him to shut down that offense. It's going to open things up. So you need your guys back. Christian yep. Fulton was a full participant today. Um, Adoree was still limited. So you're going to want to see him go up to full before the end of the week if he's going to play. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it needs to. I don't think he'll play this week, but I think we see him next week because they have a running scout team today. So, um, you know, that that usually is an indication that he's not going to be in the lineup, but that doesn't mean he's out of the um, conversation for next week. I think that might be if Mike Rabel is the guy that I, I think he is. I think that's what he's been holding out for. So we'll see. I mean, I one person I want to give some credit to, and you probably know who it is because I go on this tangent every once in a while. It's Ty Smith. He had no defensive snaps from week seven until this last game. And he showed up. I mean, I realize it's Jacksonville, but he made some plays, Joe. And, you know, Twitter was kind of going crazy about it. But, I look, I told y'all in week three, he's a good player. He makes smart decisions. And he's a veteran. So, he, veteran, he's 27. But, you know, he is one of the older players in that position group. And he makes good decisions. He has a high football IQ. So um, I I think he did well. And one thing that I hate is when you have a player like him, you know, we have some family friends that um, were second string in the NFL years back. And those guys don't get a lot of love, but their role is really important. And um, anybody that's played a sport knows that. And those guys do just as much work as everyone else. And when they get in and they make plays like Ty was last week, I mean, you got to give him credit where credit's due. He had a great game. I hope we see him continue to step up. I hope he gets playing time this week, even if Christian Fulton is active and playing. Um, I think when Adore gets activated, not activated, but when he's listed as an active participant, I don't think we'll see him as much, which is unfortunate because he really stepped up and played like he had something to prove. And I love that. You love watching guys play with that kind of fire. So to me, Ty Smith is our modern-day LaShawn Sims. He's okay. that depth of guy. He's the depth guy that you can rotate in that's not going to get burnt and get picked on when he's in the game, and he can make a play. So I, I think Ty Smith had a great game. It, but my worry is kind of like your worry with Derrick Henry getting hurt. Yeah. I would hate to see a Dory Jackson go in against Green Bay and try to do too much off of not playing since last year yeah. and re-aggravate an injury. I, I would want to see him on a snap count before that. I, I don't know. That, that's yeah, just, I agree. I, I would love to see him in for maybe 15 to 18 defensive snaps this week. And he's on our active roster, so they can do that um, without having to do anything crazy. Uh, but I, do, I just don't think we will, which is unfortunate. Because I feel the same way. I, I want him, and it's really for him, it's like you just want him to get back comfortable so that he knows what he can and can't do, and then he can communicate that to his coaches. Um, it's so important, and I am afraid that we are maybe not going to give him the opportunity to do that. But maybe we'll how, see him active on Sunday. I don't know. How scary would that be if we're holding him out for the playoffs and then you're going against – you know, the Browns in, in the first round. And that's the first action he's going to see all season. It, it In the playoffs, like, one play is so crucial. If he's not 
full speed, one score, one blown play could completely determine the outcome of a game. So we definitely need to see him sooner rather than later, as well as with Christian Fulton, because we haven't seen that full secondary healthy all season. Yeah, the wait-and-see game with the secondary is stressing me out for that reason. It's like from you know someone that worked a lot with players especially ones that were coming back from injury and getting them up to speed on everything that had changed since they were out um a lot of what they do is confidence it's not skill um what they they wouldn't be here getting paid what they get paid if they didn't have the skill they've got to have the confidence and they it's really hard i mean i don't know if you've ever suffered any crazy injuries but i have and it's hard to go back and play the sport you love and that you do feel so confident with after tweaking something or after tearing something or whatever. Um, so it's, it's a confidence thing too. And it's a confidence that you can trust your knee to do what it needs to do. So they, to me, if he's ready on paper and he's ready by the doctor's um, thoughts, You've got to give him some snaps so that he can start building that confidence back. Because if he doesn't have it, he's not gonna he's not gonna look good, and you're more likely to re-injure something if you're not feeling good on it. Um, you don't really know where you can push it. So I hope we see him, but I don't think we'll see him this week. I, I'm on the same page. I'm more hopeful than you know logic really should be. But again, <laughs> running into this week, this is gonna be a week with you know. Matt Stafford going getting injured. He's probably not going to play. He was in uh, injured his ribs last week against the Packers, in a lot of pain. They're not playing for much at this point in the season, and an out of conference game. I would be extremely surprised if he played. The Lions are fourth worst in rush defense, so I mean that kind of spells out Derrick Henry game if you've ever seen one. Yeah. So I I don't see much of a contest coming this week. So we'll. What what do you think is going to be a key factor going into this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key factors that we've talked about all season is making sure that the defense holds their own. And if they can shut down, you know, a, a depleted Lions offense uh, without their quarterback, because I think you're right, I don't think we'll see him. It doesn't make any sense for them to play him uh, at all. Um, they've just got to play it like they would every other week play like they did last week against Jacksonville and shut them down. Um, that way we can run the ball and we can let Derrick Henry have a game because if our defense isn't making stops, we have to start passing. So that that's the biggest thing is you got to get the stops first, let Derrick Henry run, have a lot of fun. Let it, let it be another boring game uh, that ends way too quickly. <laughs> so one thing that we definitely can't do is – the lines are not good by any stretch of the means, but they do have Adrian Peterson. They've got DeAndre Swift. It looks like Kenny Galladay is going to miss a seven straight week, so we don't have that threat. But they've got Marvin Jones as well and TJ Hawkinson, one of the best tight ends in the league. So they're no slouches by any means, but you, you want to go in early and you, you want to shut them down and take any wind out of sails that they may have going into this game. Yeah, Absolutely. But, no, I, I think the Titans will take care of business. It'll be a nice uh, final regular season home game. And uh, and I, I think we take it. I think it's a high-scoring game for us. And I, I think we see a similar performance to last week on the defense. So I'm not throwing scores out there. But I'll say a high number for the Titans and a 
low to medium number of <laughs> the lights. <laughs> I think I think we put up I'm I'm gonna throw a prediction out there. I like throwing out my predictions. My <laughs> prediction last week was off. I predicted a win, but the Jaguars didn't put up near as many points as I thought. So this week I'm gonna go thirty seven to thirteen. Whoa. I mean, that's kind of where I was going with my with my high score on one side and my low to mid on the other. So, <laughs> no, I, I think you're on the on the number though. I think it'll be around there. Awesome. Do you have anything else you want to close out with? No, just uh, everybody. If you're going to the game, make sure you go and be hype. If you're not, I'm sure there's a lot of watch parties around the city. Just be safe and social distance and all that good stuff. Wear your mask, but definitely go cheer on. Our uh, our boys and let's let's get even closer to this playoff berth. I love it. I love that we're not having to really wait until week seventeen to know. So I feel good. I, I feel good as well. I just want to thank everybody. You know, week over week, we're getting so much love from all of our new listeners. So we appreciate and love every single one of y'all. Make sure if you haven't yet, follow us over on Twitter at SIA Titans Beat. Once we get to 1,000 followers, we are giving away an autographed photo by our co-host, Albert Hainsworth, who unfortunately could not be here with us this evening. So retweet, share, share with your friends, your family, get them tuned in, like, follow, all of the above, and tighten up. Tighten up.